Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Self Love Club, where boss women share their stories to empower others. Welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of the Self Love Club. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you are new, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us. There is a backlog of interviews with some incredible women for you to catch up on. We rely heavily on your support and there are some easy ways you can do that. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Self Love Club on whatever podcast app you like listening on. We're on all of them. Also, you can follow us at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. You get daily self-care, self-love notes, IGTV, clips of interviews, inside scoops, heaps of goodness. And it's really cool to see where you're listening. Keep tagging us in your stories. Another way, if you're really enjoying it, is telling a friend about it. Sharing with your pals is super helpful. And we do thank you for all of your support. Right, let's get into this week's episode. G-Flip is an Australian solo artist, producer and drummer who hustled so hard she landed herself her dream gig. Rising to fame after featuring on popular Aussie radio station Triple J's feature Unearthed, G became a huge hit and has performed in front of thousands at sold-out festivals like Splendour in the Grass, released her first album and continues to pump out the tunes. In this chat, we find out about G's childhood, how she's achieved what she has despite rejection, realizing her sexuality, her top manifesting tips, and how she's navigated a crappy 2020, which saw her go through a COVID breakup, have all her shows canceled, but she's ending the year on a high. We're so lucky to have G Flip on the Self Love Club podcast. G, G Flip, welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. So appreciate it. No stress. It's great to be here. Yeah, look at you sunshining away. Like you'd think you're on a tropical <laughs> island, but hello, Melbourne. Slightly less lockdown, Melbourne. How How's that all going? Yeah, today is great. Today's like the first like real hot day or summery day we've had for the year. So I'm hanging out by a pool and I thought about going inside for this, but I was like, I'll just do it by the no. pool. Like no stress. I mean, I'm jealous. I wish I could join you there. Like if you've been inside all day, you got to get that sunshine. Hey. Especially in a studio, it's so dark yeah. and cold. Yeah. You often feel like you're in like a gremlin cave. Hey, being in a studio down, then you come out and you're like, Ugh! like it could be pretty full on. <laughs> All right, hey, couple of things before we get into things. You just won an MTV EMA for Best Australian Artist. Yes, girl, well done. Yay, I'm so stoked. I was actually, I was so surprised I was even nominated. First of all, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And then, yeah, found out that I won it and it was crazy. That's so rad. Well done. You deserve it. You've been hustling really hard, so good on you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. I think it was like a fan voted and I know my mum was voting like two <laughs> hours a day. So hey, I got to give it up for my mum, Lisa. Yeah, oh, go Lisa. What a legend. Now you've just released <laughs> some new music, a new single and a video for I'd Rather Go To Bed. I know there's quite a powerful message behind this song. So tell us about it. Yeah, I wrote this song at a pretty like dark period in my life where like I didn't really get a, out of bed for a while and that's why it's called I'd rather go to bed because it was like I'd, I'd just rather go to bed I'd rather just stay inside in the dark with myself 
and my dark thoughts. So, you know, it's a little bit like sad, but um, it's also about um, I'd rather live in my dreams. Like I'd rather just go to sleep mm. and live in my, I have heaps of dreams. I lucid dream and I have dreams all the time. Yeah, you'd rather live in your dreams. So yeah, that's kind of the message behind the whole song. And I think it's really fitting for now, like especially Melbourne, like we've been stuck inside and it's been pretty grim here in Melbourne not being able to do anything. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so pleased you guys have a bit more freedom now. But yeah, it's been a hectic year for a lot of people. So I think your song will like, people will resonate with that because, you know, it's so normal to experience depression or, you know, various forms of mental illness. And and yeah, this year, regardless, it's been a crapper for everyone, you know. Yeah, it's been a rough one, 2020, you know. Yeah. No, I don't think anyone at New Year's Eve was, you know, thinking, oh, 2020 was going to be such a shit show. But yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, you've had a bit of a rough one. Like you went through a breakup, right, at, in between lockdowns as well, which is, God, it's never a fun time to go through those. So yeah, how are you doing now? Yeah, I guess the the breakup happened and I most of my music in my whole debut album was called About Us, about that relationship. Mm. Um and yeah, she she was living in another country, so of course COVID put a big strain on that because it was like, when are we going to see each other? And I mapped out my whole year to go see her every two months. Mm. Um, and yeah, and then it all kind of fell apart, so it was pretty rough. And it was right when COVID was really thick, and then all my shows got postponed, so everything felt like it was falling apart. But yeah, I picked myself back up. I think with a breakup, well, for me, when I go through a breakup, first stage is I'm like super depressed, sad, staying in bed all the time. Mm -hmm. Second, I like go drink my feelings and party my feelings away. <laughs> and then third is like start eating better, drinking more water, working on like keeping in shape and getting <laughs> my mind back into rhythm of, you know, being healthy. So I've been doing stage three for a while and I'm just keeping healthy and positive and happy and hanging out with my friends lots and meeting new people. So it's been cool. Yeah, good on you. I've heard you talk about your three stages of a breakup before and I love it. I think it's so great and it's so relatable. Like we all go through that and I'm glad that you're in stage three because it's like a really great place to be after feeling so crappy and shit and then to feel good again, you're like, oh, this is amazing. It's so nice, hey? Yeah, it's just nice being excited to wake up because yeah. I guess through that breakup, I was like, I just wanted to sleep. I was like, I didn't even want to get up. I was yeah. like, it was so sad. I can't believe how like sad I was. I was oh, so no. sad. I completely understand. Like they they suck. Like it's just the worst feeling. It's like, yeah. I know it sounds a bit dramatic, but it actually feels a little bit like you're dying. I'm not going to lie. Like it's a horrible feeling. A hundred percent. It just feels, I like get this like whole feeling in my heart and like feeling anxious and like anxiety and like it's harder to breathe almost. Yeah. And just nothing can make me happy, like not even a donut or like playing drums, like everything's just sad. Yeah, and then you have to wait for that sadness to just eventually go and then eventually things like a donut and playing the drums does make you feel good again. But oh, I t <laughs> we talk a lot about breakups on the self-love club because oh, trust me, we all, we all go through them. It's so normal. And I just found it strange that people didn't really talk about them so much, even though everyone was going through them. So yeah, it's really, really nice of you to be honest with us about that. Now take us back. What were you like as a child? Because I imagine you were the most fun little child, but did you know what you wanted to do growing up? Uh, I think it's as soon as I hit a drum kit or like got my first drum kit, I really knew what I wanted to do. But as a kid, I always wanted to be a performer, an actress or a singer or something to do in just performance. I liked performing and like running around and 
doing little voices and characters and I was always like doing like acting kind of stuff in like little school plays and and like growing up in primary school and that. But yeah, I was very charismatic kid, very bouncy, very energetic, like could never sit still. I still can't like sit still now um, and had a big imagination and yeah, was pretty chatty. I was the type of kid that would like walk up to a random at the shopping centre and just be like, hey there, and as a three-year-old. Yeah. Oh, so good. Was music always the dream? Like it sounds like you knew you wanted to be like an entertainer or a performer. You were definitely a creative. Was that your dream? Um, yeah, as soon as I got a drum kit, I was pretty set on being a drummer, but also I always looked up to my dad who played in bands. So as a kid, I'd always watch him. And, you know, as a kid, you look up at your dad and you think he's, like, famous even though he's playing at the pub in front of, like, four drunk dudes, you know? Mm. So I was, like, thought he was awesome playing guitar and singing. So there was always guitars around in the house. But as soon as I met my drum teacher in Year 7, Jenny Morish, um, she was, like, my first idol and the first person in my life that I wanted to be like and just, like, wanted to follow in their footsteps and then that's when it really became real that yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go for this for the rest of my life until I'm like old and gray and if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but I'm just gonna keep trying till it does you smashed it hey I've heard you talk about (laughs) high school a bit which for a lot of us is not a great time but I've heard you talk about some pretty nasty stuff that went on with people like trying to out you and like your for your sexuality and that's just so crap what was that like yeah I guess it, it was always I knew I liked girls pretty early on but there was just this nasty voice in my head that was like, no, you don't, no, you don't. Like I remember having crushes on girls in primary school and then there's that voice in your head that's like, you can't tell anyone, like, that's wrong, don't be gay. Like this voice in my head that was so cruel and so nasty and it shouldn't have been like that. And, yeah, I went to a Catholic high school and, yeah, in year seven there was that one girl who would always say to me, like, we know you're gay, like just come out already, like, you're so gay, like, would be like that to me when we were alone. She wouldn't do it in front of people. Wait till I'm, like, by myself in a corner and would say that to me. I didn't come out till till after high school because it just didn't feel like the right place. I didn't want people to just, like, know me as the chick that's gay. I wanted people to know me as, like, a musician and, like, you know, a fun, loving human that plays drums. And I didn't want that to my sexuality to define me. And back then it would define you. But nowadays I've gone back to my high school and it's so good because girls are wearing like pride flags on their on their blazers and people come to my shows and talk about how they're coming with their girlfriends and like their girlfriends. So yeah, it's it's super cool how, you know, times have changed and Mm. it's You know, it's so broadly accepted now and it's so wonderful and it makes me so happy. That's so cool. Yeah, was that, I mean, it's hard no matter what's going on, but it sounds like, you know, you had these voices saying it's wrong, it's wrong. Did it take time to come to peace with that and and just accept yourself, I guess, and and just be okay with that? Yeah, I think as soon as I got out of high school, I was like, like when I came out, I was just like, guys, sleeping with a girl. And like just told everyone and everyone was like, oh, cool. Like no one cared at all. They were just like, oh, yeah, good for you G like which is so I love that that it wasn't made a big deal it was just so normalized which you know as the years go by it's starting to become more normal which is like it should be normal because it course, is normal yeah um and your parents yeah. are really cool about it as well like I've heard you say that your dad was just like cool mate here's some dinner like yeah, yeah they were they were super chill they were yeah. they're, they're awesome yeah mm-hmm. 
And then so talk us through from high school to where you are now. I know that you were mad hustling, like you were working so hard. Um, you're basically doing all your own marketing and everything, trying to, you know, get in front of music managers and, and all that sort of thing. So talk us through that process and how you did that. Yeah, I think after I finished up playing in my last band, I realised that I should give a shot at um, a solo career because I'd always write music and I played guitar and piano um, and would write songs ever since I was 14, but I never showed anyone and I was just drumming in heaps of bands. And once my last band finished, I decided I need people to hear these songs and I need to be a solo artist. So I gave myself a year to get the music right because I feel like that's the key. you got to have good music or a good hook or like just a good good songs that get people in the music industry's um, attention first off before you work on the rest of yourself. So I spent a year writing as many songs as I could. I actually sent some demos to producers and they all rejected me and didn't want to work with me. So then it ended up me being like, well, I'm not going to let that stop me. I'll just produce my own music. So then I started producing my own music. Majority of the songs on my debut album are those songs that I made in my bedroom. And then I just hustled. I waited for the that year to be up, got my best 10 songs, made a little secret SoundCloud link and just started hustling. I went to, you know, Big Sound in Brisbane, which in Australia, it's like a big industry meet where all the up and coming artists play. And I went there and I'd go to all the bars and I'd know who all the managers or, you know, the people that work Spotify or Apple and I'd go up to them and try to talk to them and send them a link to my demos. And I'd go to, I remember there was one big talk by Michael Parisi, who's like, an awesome manager in Australia and he did a talk and then I like chased him down after and was like, my name's G Flip, I'm a drama producer, here's my songs. And yeah, he listened to them and then he loved them and then that started this spiral of me meeting heaps of managers in the industry here in Australia. So yeah, I just grinded it out and just... Mm was really like tenacious if that's the word tenacious just really like you definitely were like just going for it paying money to go to these like Melbourne Music Week events and going to all these music industry events and meeting people and then writing my dream list of who I'd want my publicist to be and my manager to be and my booking agent to be and then just trying to make it happen. So you were hustling, but you were manifesting it as well. Like you brought this all in. Like I'm so impressed because it's yeah, hard. It's big hard. on manifesting. It's so hard to do what you've done. Like it's, you've smashed it. Oh, thanks. It took you know over a year. I just wanted to make sure my product was right, and then if I got a meeting with any manager, I was ready to give mm. them the meeting of a lifetime, show them all my demos and my plan and what my band would look like and what my stage show would be like and the whole G Flip world to really sell it to them, and then. I was lucky enough to get to choose who I kind of wanted my team to kind of look like. So, yeah. How did you not give up? Because, I mean, rejection's hard, especially in an industry where it's like, I don't think people realise it's so hard to make it. So how did you handle that? And just obviously it's something you really wanted to do and you've got that drive in you, but did you just just knew you had to keep going? Yeah, I think just me as a person, if I really want something, I'm just not, that's all I want to do. Like there's no other thought in my brain of doing anything else so if I want to play drums today I'm like so hyper focused on playing drums today that everything else kind of goes out the window so I feel like with my career I decided this is what I'm going to do this is how I'm going to get it and I was going to keep going and not stop till I got it and wasn't going to let any rejection push me down and I also felt like if I got rejected 
in my head, I'd be like, well, that's their loss because mm. I believed in myself so much. And I was like, well, that's their loss because I got something pretty cool going on, man. <laughs> I love that because I think so many of us, when you get a rejection or you get a knock, like, yes, you've got that fighter in you and you want to keep going, but it can, it can like mess with you a little bit. So that's like, it's super inspiring to hear you say that. I mean, would you have any advice for anyone that is hustling and whatever they're doing, like there's so many different things people could be doing. What advice would you give to not give up? And and I guess you're a pretty amazing manifester. So what tips would you give people on that? I think it's have a set plan and don't rush anything. Like for me, I spent a year writing and setting up this plan to then go attack the music industry. I didn't like write one song and then use that. I really like thought it out like who am I as a package deal? Like how do I sell myself? If there's 20 ice cream shops on the one street and I'm another ice cream shop, how am I going to make my ice cream shop better or different or get more attention than the others, you know? Like what's my difference if I'm just like another singer in the pile? So I really thought about me as an artist. I'm like a have a drum background and I'm a drummer singer and I'm so much more comfortable on the drums which you know kind of just worked out handy for me because it's a little bit different it's like oh yeah that's kind of cool there's not as many people singing playing drums so yeah not not rushing stuff and really thinking about your project I think I, I, a lot of people slide into my dms asking for advice and they're like you know I really just want to get an ep out next year and I think you just got to think is it just the ep you want or is it success that you want or like what is it that you want and then work backwards the steps on how you're going to get there rather than just like rushing trying to get it together like take your time you're so right because when that moment comes you want to be able to nail it you don't want to like not be ready for that moment you know so I think what you're saying is so right you're so smart and so onto it yeah I think like the year that I wrote as many songs as I could and produced them in the first month I wrote about you which was my first song but I still kept writing for the whole year and waited because I was like, I could make a better song. But like just waiting, like not rushing everything. What were those moments like when you, you know, heard your uh, song on the radio for the first time? You had people turn up at your shows. Like what was that like for you? Because this is something you had wanted and you'd worked for for so long and then all of a sudden it's happening. Every first, like the first time hearing myself on the radio, first time playing a show, first time playing a festival, I just cried my eyes out on stage. Like actually the first like 30 times I reckon I heard myself on the radio, I cried my eyes out because it, I was getting played on Triple J, which I'd listened to my whole life. Like my dad's a big Triple J fan. We'd listen every year to the countdown. Like we'd listen every day to school. Like so hearing like them announce me, on Triple J, I've just, it makes me like tear up now. Like Aww. still can't, sometimes I like wake up and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's videos of me playing my first like big uh, festival shows and I'm fully just crying my eyes out because I just can't believe it. Like I just can't believe it. Yeah. Oh, it must be. Yeah, it's incredible when you're in that moment and it's happening and then you've got to live it and then, but yeah, you know, you're that little girl that's wanted it for so long, you know? Yeah, just like I used to play in my little bedroom studio and like close my eyes. It sounds so lame. And like oh, imagine is- like thousands of people. Oh, I love this I used so to always, much. yeah, it would fall like, I remember like I knew that in my stage show I was going to play guitar and I've taught myself guitar always sitting down so I'd have to practice playing guitar standing up because I knew in the future when I do one day make it I'm going to have to learn how to play guitar standing up 
and I'd play standing up and like pretend that there'd be thousands of people in a crowd, but I was like literally facing a wall. <laughs> so no, this is like, you have literally brought this in for yourself and it just, yeah, I love hearing stories of what people were doing when they were younger and how they've actually gone on to do it. It's like, you know, when you're a little kid, you don't know what you're doing. You're just doing it because you love doing it. And then hearing someone have a career in that, I it, I love those stories so much because it shows that that's what you're born to be doing. Like It's so rad that you did that, you know? Yeah. I think back now and I'm like, God, I was pretty cringy. Like I used to, this is so funny. I haven't told anyone this. I used to, I bought stage lights, like strobes and like some like little stage lights from like a cash converter. It's like a, like a shitty secondhand shop. And I'd like wait till like it just hit night. And then I'd play drums and put all my lights on to get the effect like I was on a stage. Bless your soul. <laughs> this is the best. Oh my god, did you did you have you got videos of this? Like, oh my god, that would be amazing. I'm sure I do have footage somewhere. But yeah, yeah. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> your dad was hugely influential, like you've talked about in your music. And when you f- like first played your big festival shows, you got him up on stage with you, didn't you? Because you sort of you sort of <sighs> said to him that you'd always do that, and you'd got to do it. Yeah, that that's probably one of the definitely the highlights of my career. My dad's always been like the one who's dropped me off at auditions or picked me up at auditions. He's the first person I jammed with because he played guitar and. I remember being in the garage with him and me sitting on the drum kit as like an 11-year-old and him playing guitar being like, gee, play with me. And I'd be like, Dad, I don't know what to do. And he's like, gee, you're a gun at drumming. Just play. Like listen to my bass line or my guitar line and just like play the beat that you think fits with it. Like listen. And he first taught me how to like jam and then I just kept going and going. And then I always said, I'm pretty sure the first time I said it was when I was like 14 and I said, Dad, one day I'm going to play in front of thousands and I'm going to bring you on stage with me. So then, you know, it happened last year and I told it, it happened in September. I told him in July and I said, dad, you're going to play with me on stage in front of like 30,000 people live on TV and radio. So you got to start learning this bass part. So he practiced every day from July to September. Every morning before work, he'd be on his bass guitar practicing. And then, yeah, we finally got our moment. And it was so emotional. And it's the best day of his life by far. And that's so special. What's your dad's name? Mark. Or we call him Mr. Flip. Mr. Flip. I was like, shout outs to I love I love a parent name, hey. Like, shout outs to Mark, shout outs to Mr. Flip. That's so special. Like, isn't it? It's so important to have someone in your life. Like, it's really cool when you've got a big dream like you've done and to have someone like that really believing in you because it can be hard sometimes, you know. Yeah, he's he's always just been the best support. I remember me and him were sitting at a bar in Amsterdam, actually, when I told Dad, I was like, Dad, I'm going to not play in bands anymore. I'm going to be a solo artist now. And he was just like, look, I 100% believe in you. Like, I reckon you'll nail it. Like, go for it. Do it. Go for it. And he's been great. Like, I was teaching kids how to play drums and stuff and didn't have, you know, as much money as I would have liked to buy the equipment I wanted. So, like, Dad gave me a loan to buy, like, you know, some, like, gear that I could then make the music with. So I've paid him all back now, which is great. So, yeah. yeah. You really have hustled and worked hard. Like, you worked so hard, all these different jobs, to be able to buy your own gear and do the things you have. Like, it's very impressive. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not DJing weddings. 
weddings anymore because I remember so, only so many times you can play Summer of 69. <laughs> 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 oh, no, wed- weddings are all right, but, yeah, I'm glad, like, just the whole DJ, I did DJing for ages just to, like, get cash in my pocket to then buy, like, a new guitar or, like, yeah. a MIDI keyboard or an interface or something. So I'm glad that I'm not doing that right now because I'm glad it's all worked out for me for sure. Yeah, yeah. And talk us through, I know you've been quite open and obviously your new song is about your experience with, you know, feeling so, like, low and everything, but I've heard you talk about experiencing panic attacks and for the first time, you know, when you were on stage and you were touring a lot and a lot of us understand anxiety here, so we completely know, like, what do you think was behind that? I've heard you talk about perhaps, like, a lot of pressure and just doing too much. Yeah, I think for the first year of my career was doing too much. I was, like trying to film all my own film clips and edit them myself while trying to tour, while trying to create my own live show, while even drawing like the single arts and like just doing way too much. Mm. And then also not giving myself a break, not seeing my friends, not doing normal things that, you know, I should have been doing then being early in my 20s. Like I should be seeing my friends and I should be having a drink now and then and going out or doing the things that I like to do. So I kind of neglected all of that and it all hit me at once, September 2018. And I had a whole month and I'd never experienced anxiety or panic attacks in my life. And it was just this one scary month when I was touring around Australia that I had this, it felt like the Hulk had punched my chest and it was just heavy the whole time. And I was so on edge and I could not sleep. I just lie awake and I thought I was going insane and then I couldn't breathe and I didn't want to go on stage and I didn't want to, I was so like anxious I was going to forget words and stuff about my performance because I'd worked so hard and perfected everything so much and then I was just like overthinking and just like took a toll on me for a whole month and it was horrible. It was so horrible. It was so dark. I remember just going to sleep and lying in bed and being like, I've cooked it. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to recover. Am Am I going to think and be like this for the rest of my life and not sleep like and not eat and have this chest feeling. So I'm glad that I got over that period for sure. How did you overcome that time? Was it just allowing yourself some time to rest? Um, Yeah, it was taking a bit of a break from working, speaking to a therapist, which is great. And I still talk to a therapist now and just living and not working the whole time. Like I lived, like I just worked the whole time. I didn't do anything else. I'd forget to eat. I'd be just working. I'd like forget to drink water, forget to eat, forget to exercise, forget to see my friends. I'd like, was just so work, 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 song, 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 more songs, more songs, like production, like on my computer, new ideas for whatever, film clips and everything. So I just like chilled out a bit and just mm-hmm. took a step back and like, didn't let it take over me. And also like just eating and drinking water. It's so simple. Mm. Just have good meals and drink water. I reckon. And exercise. Yeah. And wake up early. We know all the things, (laughs) hey, but then like it's just a matter of actually doing them and yeah, you're so right. And it's hard because when you're in that stage of having a career at that level, like you do have to work extremely hard to be able to be at that stage. So it's just, yeah, I guess it must be hard to find that balance, but then yeah, we've got to find time to drink water because we're human beings. Like, we need to drink water, you know? Like, yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, you just got to drink water. 
And I still forget, I haven't drank enough water today, so yeah. we should both have a glass of water soon. Yeah, we soon. should definitely do that. <laughs> so you've talked through some of your self-care practices already, but like, you, and I guess you've kind of told us just now, but what are some of the ways that you look after yourself and, and you know, make sure that you're going to be happy and healthy? I think it's getting yourself in a bit of a routine. I find, I'm not sure if that's just me, but for me that always helps, being in a routine. I like getting up early and going for a walk. I feel like it's great to go for a walk to leave all your negative thoughts or anxious thoughts from the previous day behind. As soon as you wake up, you got to get rid of that before you start your day. So I like getting up and then going for a walk straight away and going to the beach. I've always lived near the beach. So the beach just like kind of cures my soul. So Mm. you're going for a walk, having a good meal once I get back from my walk and then yeah, keeping fit, exercising, drinking water, seeing friends, being social, catching up with people you haven't talked to in a while, like always makes me feel happy, like talking to people and yeah, just taking care of yourself. Yeah. Well, did you find that hard during lockdown in Melbourne or have you sort of been able to keep on top of a lot of, well, as much as you could, like your self-care and, and, and looking after yourself? Well, when the breakup happened, then like oh, everything went downhill. It's just the worst, hey. Like, honestly, I totally, yeah. I totally understand. Like, I've gone through a few now and I'm just like, oh, God, I don't know if I can take this anymore. Like, it's horrible, yeah. I guess, like, overview of the year, COVID started, was in my routine, feeling good, went through the breakup, COVID hit harder, restrictions, isolation hit harder, all my shows got cancelled and then it all went down a little bit. But then, yeah, picked myself up with self-care and looked after myself you know, my eating and working out and then got back on track. And now I'm feeling mighty good. And I'm excited to have a summer here with my friends, which I feel like I've always been traveling and on the road a bit. So all my friends are actually so stoked that I'm here. And I just found out that I can go away for New Year's. So which normally I'm playing a festival. So I'm going to go. So there's like silver linings, even though like as an artist, it must be horrible like that, you know, all your shows are being cancelled and it's just, you know, it's just horrible because it's like you feel like maybe your careers, you know, like when you think negatively about it, you're like, oh God, everything's ruined, this is all over. But there is some like little glimmer, like you get to hang out with your friends. How cool is that? You know, that's special. Yeah, It's pretty cool. And I'm I'm having fun hanging out with everyone and seeing people and just like I haven't really been here much. I'm always working, so it's cool to like even just go to the pub, just yeah. go to have a drink, yeah. Go out to my favorite street, go to bars, go to restaurants. And yeah, sit. yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're allowed to say, but you had you were just telling me before that you were working in the studio with someone we love. Yeah, today I was just with Tonesy, oh Tones and I. Yeah, um, we love her. Just getting some drums down for her on a little performance that's coming up. So she's awesome. I love her so much. Yeah. She's a mate of mine. But, yeah, I've been working on heaps of new music. There will be plenty of music coming out in 2021. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah. And also, I mean, no big deal, but you kind of got your, your Crocs ambassadorship you've been wanting all this time, you know, your partnership with them. That's so cool. They're rad. I mean, I don't uh, I personally don't think Crocs are great, but the designs you put on them were amazing. So well done. (laughs) Yeah, I've been wanting, like, that's the only thing I've been, like, gunning for for, like, two years. Like, the only thing I asked my managers, I was like, look, there's all I want is my own Crocs. Like, I don't care about anything to do with music. I just want my own Crocs. So (laughs) I'm so stoked. I can't believe it's a thing. I've been, like, sliding into Crocs 
DMs over and over for literally like my first messages to Crocs Australia is love me, love me, love me, love me, love me, please love me, please love me, please answer me, please give me attention. And like they just leave me on red. But now we're pals, we've got yeah. the collab and yeah, it's sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Why do you love Crocs so much? I've heard you talk about them before, but you're just so passionate about Crocs, aren't you? I don't know. I always seem to love things that people hate, you know, like people don't like something. I'm like, well, I bloody like it. Yeah. So, yeah, but also they're so comfy. If you get them dirty, you can just wash them with a hose and they look brand new. They float in the water. You can use them as like a sea shoe, like to step on rocks. Like there's so many positives. They keep your feet cool and then you get the ones with no holes and they keep your feet warm. They're the shoe of the future. You really are the perfect person to align with this brand. So well done. That's <laughs> so cool. Um, just to wrap up, I want to ask, what is some advice you would like to share with your younger self? Knowing what you know now, what would you tell younger G? I'd probably like tell myself to not be afraid of anything. I chose to kind of go solo when like I could have done that earlier but I didn't believe in myself enough I didn't believe in my songwriting enough there was this voice in me that was like you're you're a great songwriter but then there was also this voice that was like maybe you're not I wish I just believed in myself more as a kid and didn't care like just went for things more and didn't like shy away or like Mm. hide my songs you know I wish I just like went out there well you're doing it yeah you're doing it now so it's all good yeah and I mean that's great advice for us but what is some advice you would like to share with those listening maybe who want to live their dreams and do rad things like you are go after stuff you know I feel like anything in life you got to hustle a little bit for so you're not going to get anything for free but also everything's attainable that's also something I found in my career like you want to talk to someone you want to do something with your life everything is actually attainable nothing's too big or too far-fetched you just got to work hard dream big and keep yourself healthy so your mind is like good enough to get you through it so Mm. Everything's possible for sure. Everything is so possible. Hey, thank you so much for your time today, G. So appreciate this. We're so pumped to have you on. We love you over here in New Zealand and we've got a lot of Australian listeners as well. So they're going to be so pumped to have you on. Yay. Yay. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Love Club podcast. Please subscribe for weekly episodes and catch up on the backlog of eps you may have missed. Until the next episode, make sure you're following the Self Love Club at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram for daily content, IGTV clips of interviews, and you can find me at Belle Crawford. Plus, find resources and articles on my website, bellcrawford.com with a new recommendations page with my book club, all of the good shows to watch. And also you can actually listen to all of the podcast interviews ever on the Self Love Club on the podcast page. We've got heaps of incredible guests coming up with weekly episodes available each Monday. I'll catch you really soon. Ellie the most, okay? Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.